Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including BoJack Horseman, which we'll be talking about tonight. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. Sarah Potter. Hello. And April Collins. Hi there. Today, we are going to talk about the first two episodes of the latest season of BoJack Horseman that released on Netflix. Uh, you can find more about this podcast, including our previous uh, full season discussion on BoJack Horseman at OverlyAnimated.com. You, su- you can also subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app by searching for Overly Animated. You can also find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Overly Animated. And wherever you listen to us, we appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. But yeah, today we are we are beginning our episode by episode discussions. Uh, as mentioned, uh, overly animated previously did a full season discussion, but now we're gonna go a little bit more into details on each of the episodes. Um, this particular group, we're beginning with the first two episodes with a horse walks into a rehab and the new client. Uh, so we'll pro- we'll probably do our usual episode by <laughs> beat by beat uh, breakdown and talk about points that maybe stood out to us. But we'll begin with uh, with general thoughts on on these two episodes. Is there something specific that stood out to you, or just your general feelings on it? Um, Sarah, let's let's go to you first. Um, do you have a, a preference of these two episodes, or something in particular that stood out to you the most uh, of, of this beginning of the season? Uh, I definitely liked the first episode more than the second, just because, uh, as I discussed in the other podcast, like I just didn't connect as much to the child stuff. I didn't like connect to. Uh, as much the uh, struggle with having a child that Princess Carolyn has, and just because I don't really want kids, and so it was just harder for me to relate to that on a level. But also, episode one is just really good. Like, it has this really... I, I think the thing that really stands out for me most in episode one is this really cool flashback technique they keep using, where every time they flash back, it's just Bojack getting younger and younger and younger with the uh, with the alcohol. And it just, each time, it just feels more and more depressing. And I just really, really enjoy that a lot. Okay, okay. You you enjoy watching something very depressing. That is the standard view of a BoJack fan. So I, I agree with that. <laughs> uh, uh, April, um, how, what are your general thoughts on these two episodes? So I I really like these episodes. Um, the first episode is just extremely like strong and very very powerful and. Even though, like Sarah, I I can't necessarily relate to the second episode, I still thought it was like beautifully executed, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed like this uh, like technique they had of sort of like Princess Carolyn like running around all over the place, but like you're like there's still like a focus on her if that kind of makes sense. So I thought that was really like like really unique and um, like I I won't lie like I was really annoyed by. <laughs> like the the like I guess like the sort of like I don't know like song like beat that they kept using um but like I I think that's kind of like the point of it as well was to be annoyed by it <laughs> so um but yeah like I I thought these like were two very very strong episodes of this of this um beginning of the season so I like I the first one I was immediately hyped after. I was like, all right, we're here. Let's keep going. So 
Um, and I agree with like all of the, like the super depressing elements as well. Cause it, uh, especially because like they sort of tie into like, Oh, Bojack, like one was like your first drink of alcohol. And these are probably all like specific memories of his like quote unquote first drink. So I thought that was really cool. I liked that. Okay. Uh, thank, thanks April. Uh, Michelle, how about you? Uh, what are your general feelings on, on these two apps? I liked both of these episodes a lot too. Um, I think I it, it it did so much for me to see Bojack trying to actually be a good person and, and feeling like it was like a genuine potential shift for him for real this time because this is the sixth season that you know Bojack just like hasn't been having a great time and Bojack has a lot of like really terrible baggage. But I having said that, I still like want him to do better and and be a better person and and come to face all of his demons and this looks like the beginning of a potential for that to really happen so i i really liked the first episode for that reason i also think it's pretty interesting that all those moments we see a bojack drinking are not good memories i think there's potentially something to be said for the fact that maybe bojack like we've never really seen bojack like have a a drink just for fun and have it be fine. It seems like a lot of his memories are just like, like Sarah was saying, it gets from like kind of not great to really devastating the younger those flashbacks go down. And I think it's, it's an interesting choice that his memories of drinking are all really negative memories. And what does that say about what alcoholism has been for him in his life? Um, I really like the princess Carolyn episode too. Uh, I, I, I love, like, like, um, April was saying the fact that we, we see, like, Princess Kayla running around and, like, attempting to do all these things, even though, like, I'm not totally sure if she, like, actually did all those things or if it's, like, her imagination of all things she should be doing at any one given moment. But I, I like the conversation she had with her arch nemesis just about, like, is it bad to not love love your kid when it, they're so difficult and hard and demanding all the time and the the kind of knowledge that oh well you know just treat them like a client you like you love them and want them to do okay but also they're a lot of work and you just got to do the best you can even if it's not perfect because i do think that episode was uplifting for princess carolyn and she's a character i care a lot about and have a lot of personal investment in and she deserves a win Life has not always been kind to her. And I do think this episode ended on an uplifting note for her. Like, I do think even if she can't quite hashtag, like, have it all right now, I I get the impression she could figure it out and that she will figure it out. And that's, like, a relief to me. So I enjoyed both these episodes. I thought they were genuinely very good. Nice, nice. Um, I will uh, br- briefly sharing my thoughts. Uh, I would agree that a horse walks into a rehab is a very good setup episode for the season. Um, the the flashback parts uh, are kind of the highlights, and you, you know you got in between the Bojack uh, settling into rehab, and there are parts of that that definitely um hit hit home, and uh, other parts that maybe feel like they drag. But like for a setup episode, like uh, um, Bojack historically episode ones have not been uh, they, they start slow to set up the rest of the season's hard hitters and i think that that falls into this category but it's still a really good episode and really i think this is like one of the best episodes of the entire season honestly episode one. Oh, that highly okay 
Yeah, no, I think this is like between this episode, oh, this this episode just really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I want to. Uh, we've talked in our opening thoughts about. Well, I'll just just with the new client. Also, I really loved it. I thought it was very creative, and we'll talk a bit more about how it uses that. But I guess what while we're on episode one, when talking about episode one, we kind of specifically talk about the alcoholism flashbacks. And I do think those are very impressive and the also like just the general presentation of them. You got like the burnt burning film as, as we go back in time through, through his, through his, uh, through his story. But, uh, the, the framing around it as well of him actually being in rehab and, uh, you know, struggling to get used to it and s- slowly figuring out that he, he's, he's, he can, he can help others with his experience. So like that. Well, I don't think it's as as flashy as the alcoholism flashbacks, but I do think that those those parts as well or surrounding it contribute to this being a very solid episode. The fact that, as Michelle mentioned, like it it is a visible showing of Bojack's uh, difference in how he carries himself compared to previous seasons. Um, Sarah, I don't know how you feel about um, aside from the flashback parts of the episodes, like what what makes this episode really strong considering you came out with a take of like, this is one of the best yeah. episodes of the season. Like what else about it stands out to you? Um, I just want to make sure we're, I, I don't think I'm still going to talk about them, but I forget, are we allowed to mention spoilers for the rest of the season? Uh, as of now, we are now talking spoilers for the rest of the season. Please okay. I just want to make- yeah. But, I, look, I, you've got our general impressions. We like these episodes. So now yeah. uh, you can watch them if you haven't watched them yet. <laughs> but uh, because... yeah, now rest of the season go. Okay. Cause I'm not going to, generally be talking about the rest of the episodes but it's just like this whole season is very thematic like there's not a lot of like i, I think these a lot of this se- this season is about characters actively trying to be better and the things specifically specifically overcoming the, them in inwards like there's a lot of this inward struggle like this season really puts aside all the stuff that bojack has done to the rest of the world like killing people like actively hurting people and just focus on how bojack feels about himself how princess carolyn feels about herself and her child how diane feels about herself and her depression like it's all about those things and this first episode is just that it's just the entire season's like um thesis statement as an episode and it doesn't give us an answer which i like and it's just I, I think besides the flashbacks to the alcohol, just the entire thing with Sarah Lynn, this idea that Bojack care like is affected by Sarah Lynn's death, but it's almost in like a it, it, it's not about Sarah Lynn, it's about how she made him feel. Like for him right now. Like he's looking at the alcohol, he sees those stars from the planetarium, and I think that's a really great effect. I think that's really cool use of animation to have that happen every time he looks at something he doesn't like he craves but he doesn't want like i don't think it just it happens with alcohol mostly but i think at some points in the season it happens with other things um but it happens a lot in this first episode and it's almost just like he's using this traumatic experience he's like weaponizing a traumatic experience that he put on someone else to stop himself from doing something and it just feels kind of weird and very bojack and just there's a lot of layers to it and i really like it a lot Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, a- April, I don't know um, if you want to chime in on on how this episode uh, deals with uh, or how it's framing Bo- Bojack's uh, view of of where he's at in his life. 
Um, yeah, I I agree with Sarah that I really enjoyed like the effect of the stars and at, like because I watched the entire like season and then I came you know I came back to the, to these two episodes and so I remember the first time that I was watching it I was really conf- sort of confused I was like oh we're talking about Sarah Lynn again and then like um like that's something that continues throughout the rest of the season and that's what we sort of open up on too um so i think that's like a really good sort of like foreshadowing of what like what you know something that we will be focusing on um throughout the rest of the of these episodes and then of course like we have like the jameson character who's sort of like a i guess like a new or a modern like um sarah lynn and so i think that tie-in um really uh i think that's something that I thought I thought it was a really good tie-in and sort of a co- like a correlation between Sarah Lynn and like even like with the talking to her dad, um, you know, like and seeing like how he genuinely cares that sort of that Jameson's kind of like making shit up almost, um, especially about like the baby, like that was so devastating <laughs> to mm. to do. But I also think uh, it's funny that we have like these moments with Bojack and like the. Dr. Champ says, like, you can leave, like, at any point. Like, here's the gate code. Like, help yourself. You know, like, you're welcome to go. Um, And then we sort of, like, we see that, like, a couple of times as well. So uh, I think, I thought thought that was kind of a really great, like, we're just sort of, like, continuing to touch back on things um, that they sort of give us. So, and just kind of, like... Um, it's like a reflection of like, oh, like you, like you can easily give advice, but you can't take it so much yourself. So I liked that sort of small message inside of there. Plus I like, it was fun whenever we got to like, I thought the, the five way call was oh, like, yeah, like, I thought that was so great. Like, especially cause like, you know, like you go into the episode and you're like, oh, this is just a Bojack episode. And it, it was, um, but I like that, you know, like we got to like touch base with all of like the main characters that you know we know and care about so i i really liked that like you know bojack goes to diane first and then like reluctantly like reaches out to todd and then we go to princess carolyn and then we go to mr peanut butter and then like we just like make our way back to bojack so i thought that was really great and also those are kind of the characters that we explore in the upcoming episodes as well. So I, I I think that was extremely effective, especially like coming back to the episode. And I think that's the only scene in this entire season where the main cast is even like in it together. Like yeah. other than that, they're all yeah. like just like they're all at like in the wind, essentially mm-hmm. across the country even. Yeah, well, and a lot of, like, the sort of, I mean, we see, like, Bojack and Diane together, uh, but, and we see Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter, but those are the only two real, I don't remember, and I could be wrong. Episode Uh, four has a little bit of interaction, but it's always, like, in, like, bursts. Like, they're making little jokes to each other, but there's not mm -hmm. really, like, any real talking happening. Like, they're doing, like, combat. It's like a phone conversation. Yeah. Or something, like, very brief so which is funny um, the five-way call seems like more than just a phone conversation in comparison yeah (laughs) so i thought i thought that was like just really nice you know Uh, like again like i really liked knowing like oh like going back i was like oh this is where we're heading like we're going to explore these characters which we do so 
Yeah, like uh, after having watched the season, if you had asked me, like, when was Princess Carolyn's first appearance, I wouldn't have remembered she was in episode one. <laughs> like, it would have been like, oh, well, episode two is her first. But uh, she, they're, they all, all the main cast fits in that five way call scene. So, uh, it, it, for, again, for a setup episode, that I, I guess it's like something that's needed, and it still brings a good levity in the middle of this. Um, I, I do like your, your connection, April, uh, you made of uh, how Bojack deals with Jameson compared to Sarah Lynn, because uh, lo- looping back to what Sarah mentioned, right, like Bojack is impulsed by more so by the guilt he feels over Sarah Lynn rather than the action itself. Like It's more just like, well, I allowed this to happen. And so the reason he follows through with, with Jameson is like, oh, I don't want to be responsible for if you OD. Yeah. It's more yeah. like just like, I, yeah. I don't care about... I mean, uh, I You think care, care what about... happens to Jameson. He cares what happens to himself based on what Jameson does. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but because of that, he has to follow along and t- tag along. But the difference is that, A, he's maintaining himself sober, and B, he's because he's sober, he's able to provide slightly more mature advice than he has been able to do in the past. So that's why I guess it uh, ends up being less worse for wear than it would have been in previous seasons but it is interesting to see the parallels of how uh, the motivations don't haven't really changed that much at least in 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 this uh, opening of the season and i think there's a discussion there because we like we talked about it on the season-long podcast whether like this is actually good what bojack's doing this like change he's trying for like is does it it, like and i think this kind of digs into it this first episode is that like is it is it still morally good that he's trying to change just because he feels bad? He doesn't want to feel bad about doing this to somebody. And I think that's like, does it matter? Like, does it matter that he's not trying to change just because he doesn't want to hurt people? Like, does it like people shouldn't be hurt? And I think that's just because I don't know if Bojack actually cares about Jameson in this episode. He seems to just care about himself. I think he again i think jameson's sort of like that like he's projecting like that relationship that he had with yeah. sarah lynn mm-hmm. onto jameson and so because like i mean he obviously like tries to help her which he did with sarah lynn at one point he tried to help her as well um and then like it it's kind of one of those like oh well like it doesn't matter and i think even though you know we still explore like the Sarah Lynn relationship kind of later. I think it's kind of him coming to an acceptance of like at a certain point, like you can't hold yourself responsible for other people. Um, Especially in later, whenever like we have the whole situation with Dr. Champ. So, you know, like you can't like, that's not your fault kind of thing because like the situation with Dr. Champ really wasn't his fault. The situation with Jameson really wasn't his fault. I mean, Sarah Lynn's situation, like... That he, was kind of his fault, he, though. He, yeah. he influenced Lynn. it. I would say more so, like, he influenced it versus, like... I mean, it's, no, it's, like, it's like ha- part... Yeah. And that's it's, the other big thing we yeah. talked about in the season-long discussion, is that, like, Bojack's not malicious. He's never malicious in the way he hurts people. Yeah. He's just... It, it, and that, again, is... It, I don't think that matters. Like, he's still hurting people. From his just uncaring, like there's like it doesn't matter that he didn't want Sarah Lynn to die; she still died because of his actions. Like yeah, and, and 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 like he's not completely to blame for the fact that Sarah Lynn is an addict or was an addict, but he had a role to play in this whole thing. Like he did that, and I think that's just like something he realizes that he's 
I think he's starting to realize in this episode and through the season that he's not a malicious person. Like, he's not a bad person. Yeah. He's just, but the thing is, he's still doing these things, and he needs to figure out why he's doing them. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think the other thing I like, I, I really, I'm really attached to like the, like he influenced Sarah Lynn more than like, like he's directly responsible just because like later on we, uh, I don't think it's in this episode, but we get an episode later with like the, the, uh, water bottle filled with vodka and then they're like, oh, like Sarah Lynn's sick because she drank from yeah. like this. And so like it's it's kind of interesting, too, because like we also see Sarah Lynn's first drink, which, again, is like this central kind of theme of this episode at the same time. So and it's from um, a similar water bottle. And so it's yeah. Very- yeah. And, and he's like, oh, well, and then like that also it explains later, like why he holds on to Jameson's water bottle full of like vodka. And he says that it's a reminder of like the past and you know and we get that same visual with like the stars and the water bottle shape kind of thing so i think that like again like he's not malicious but it's kind of he's it's like he's um he's not aware of the impact he has on other people um, which again, like, makes this the whole like rest of this season really interesting, is because we are seeing all of these individual characters, you know, the five that you know are in that you know five way call, and we see how they fare without Bojack in their life, kind of. So, like, I don't know if there's anything to really be said to that, and I don't. Again, I don't think that Bojack's ever malicious. It's just that like negativity is, it's um like contagious uh so like it spreads and once like you sort of like remove the root of that then you can start to you know work to become like a better you know make your situation better so but mm, I, I, I have think some that, thoughts about this yeah go ahead <laughs> That's fine. Go. uh i mean i agree with a lot of what april said i think for me it's just like the show to, to to open with Sarah Lynn and then to close this half of the season on Sarah Lynn, I feel like if, if the big question is about will Bojack as a character slash person be redeemed, is he on a path of redemption? I would say it 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 is it is great and nice to see him trying to help other people, especially later in the season, people in his life like Diane. Uh, and Princess Carolyn. I mean, those are good active steps to take, but I feel like the show itself and personally me would say that he can't get redemption without owning up to the extent of the severity of his actions and whether or not he was malicious in, <laughs> I mean, Sterling's yeah. death is like the, the yeah. most pivotal example, right? You, you like death is like the farthest wrong yeah. you can do. Yeah. And the fact that there's a police ongoing investigation, that's probably going to catch up with him. The back half of the season implies to me that Bojack is going to have to face the ultimate consequence of one, everyone he knows and cares about finding out the extent of the wrong that has befallen someone at the hands of him and two, him facing the consequences of potentially going to jail or something. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't feel bad if Bojack went to jail because yeah, Sirlin's her own adult person, but her relationship with Bojack is so fraught with like, 
she knew him as a child and he was a father figure and then she was going to rehab and he pushed her to get back into drugs and alcohol and she trusted him and they had sex. And I mean, it's not like wholly his fault that she died, but like it is definitely in that moment more his doing than anyone else's. And I think that's something Bojack has to be honest about. And I do like the fact that it hadn't occurred to me that Bojack was kind of being selfish even now about his reasons yeah. for helping Jameson mm-hmm. because of how it reflects on him. But I think like that's the ultimate barrier left for Bojack because it doesn't matter how many nice things he does for other people. He's not going to get redemption until he owns up to the harm he's yeah. really done and yeah. these actual tangible consequences. And that's... Yeah, when you do that much wrong, you can't just try to be better. You have to take your poison, you know? You have to, like, take ownership of what you did. Like, hold yourself accountable. Like, I I, honestly, I would love if, like, this show ends with him going to jail. Yeah, me too. I I think it's the best thing. (laughs) And I think that, and that's why I'm, like, so much pushing for this whole season, or this half of a season, whatever, being, like, really about just, like, BoJack, like, internally, like, dealing with his own like psyche because like that's what it is but this first half is about that and then the second half is about him dealing with himself in the vision of the public like to everybody else because he apologizes to a lot of people this season he deals with a lot of people but it's always people he's invested in friends with sarah he, like, he tries to face the sarah lynn stuff he tries to face the his family stuff a couple times in this season and then his friends like he goes out to them reaches out to them but he never goes further than that. He does the easy ones. He knows these people love him and want and know that there's this like kernel of goodness in him that it's not just like that like he's not just like a monster. But that's what yeah, makes him Yeah, he is yeah. I think very carefully never told anyone about Sarah Lynn yeah. and Diane found out about like the whole thing with the daughter of his old friend like in a way that he never intended it, it totally freaked him out that she knew that. Like yeah. he he's very carefully kept the 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 darkest skeletons in his closet far away from everyone he cares about. And I feel like honestly, they should know about it if he really wants but, to come clean honestly. And I think that's true. But I think there is some like and honestly, Michelle, I agree with a lot what you're saying, but I think there's also some like argument for the fact that he needs to face this on his own terms first. He needs to come to yeah, terms with his own yeah. horribleness on his own terms. Ready, yeah, and that's what this yeah. is. Like, this half of the season is Bojack coming to realize who he is with some amount of clarity. He's realized now, I'm not a bad person, but I am a bad influence. Like, I am a bad, like, I'm this... There's things I do that hurt people, but it's not because I'm a bad person. It's because I don't think things through. I don't think about other people. I don't have empathy. And that's like a very different thing than just being this monster that he thinks everyone's going to see him as if he comes clean on all this stuff. But he needed to face that alone. And now that he's done that, he needs to do the harder step, which is actually accepting that he did these things still. And accepting the consequences. Yeah. Because like the worst thing is if like he just... (laughs) <laughs> never goes to jail or just I, it never has like actual tangible consequences because you can be sorry and try to be better but again like yeah depending on the amount of damage you've caused that that's not always enough and i don't think it'd be enough for bojack but i agree that yeah he has to be able to mentally come to that place on his own first so that he can take that next step because he can't take the next step but he can't even take the first step which is t- to try to stop being the th- the terrible thing he thinks he is yeah, yeah. and yeah 
And uh, briefly commenting on on this particular episode's contribution to Bo- to seeing <laughs> Sorry. Bojacks. No, no, it's it's good that we got the full season of Vision out. Like April and, and Michelle weren't haven't been able to describe their their full season thoughts, but uh, specifically with this episode with Bojack checking into rehab, you would think. Th- I, I mean, I think that the episode tries to take both sides of the val- validity of rehab. Like in part, it uses Bojack to be like, "Hey, like this is an industry that profits off of repeat customers." But at the same time, it clearly shows us that Bojack is deflecting a lot of the time when we try when they try to get to the roots of his issue. And because of that, we can't really say that the rehab is fully working because it, it's fairly clear that Bojack isn't fully buying into it in part due to just the cynicism that he carries around. So I, I do find it interesting that like even from the first episode, we're not really saying that rehab is the cure-all or that it's bullshit, but rather like so in the middle where it's <laughs> like Bojack needs to fully buy into it and he's not capable of doing that because he as we as was mentioned in that long discussion he's not at the point in his life where like he's capable where he's bringing himself to admit that he is in the wrong or that he or i guess so also that he is just unwilling to touch on the parts of himself that make him that uncomfortable he prefers to to, to deflect and move move off to jokes or to just some other topic yeah. to avoid thinking about it. So I think that this episode does a good job of laying that bare. Well, we've seen that in, in previous seasons, but I think here it kind of like makes it very clear that like uh, that uh, it, the, the, there, there's a middle ground that Bojack is currently at that's not being that's not as healthy as he could be. And this episode very clearly states exactly what bojack's doing that's wrong like like other times like he's doing it but the show doesn't always like point a finger at him and be like yeah hey bojack you're just deflecting all your problems away and you're not actually facing them and like it does it maybe over the course of multiple episodes but this episode just does it over and over and over and over like it just makes sure you know hey bojack is deflecting like he's not actually facing his problems yeah and i think that's important at this stage in the show to just be like oh, very bare with it like look this is what's going on and i think that that's that's important to show people that's um that that's a common strategy but it it avoids you from uh t- getting into into the roots of the problem without getting to the roots you can't move forward and uh, we, that's part of bojack uh, in this season, although we get like his personal flashbacks, it's just that he does not want to share this information with anybody. Like again, like it's interesting that a lot of this flashback stuff with Bojack, it's almost never Bojack telling anybody about this. It's always us going into his mind, into into his memory. But uh, we're the only ones that know this information. Yeah. No one around yeah. him is ever aware it's, of any of this upbringing. It's really hard to look at this like through the context of people who aren't people who's known who know Bojack's story as intimately as the audience do. Cause like it's we know so much more than even like his therapists know about him. Yeah. Exactly. And so like it it, it touches into Bojack the uh, he we uh, people can't help him if he, he does not share this information. And that that's kind of the, the, the tragedy in part and the the sadness of not accepting as much help as you could receive and uh, I, I, th- I think that this episode with regards to rehab that shows a balanced balanced view of that um 
I, I guess we can talk a little bit about the specifics of the of the flashbacks that we that we see with Bojack. Um, I think the first one is uh, going back to. Um, well, actually, at the very beginning, the of first the episode, one, Sarah Lynn. Yeah, yeah. The, very, the very beginning of the episode is flashback to the night Sarah Lynn died, and we we see him telling the police that he wasn't with her when she died. Yeah, he, which yeah. is honestly something I can't believe we haven't talked about yet because that's crazy. Uh... Like, it's the biggest deflection he does all like the whole show. He deflects from this, like being responsible for her death. He literally does that at the start of the season. Yeah, that that was like really hard to watch and then especially because like he whenever he's talking to jameson he's like i don't want to have to lie about your death and i'm like i mean you don't have to lie about <laughs> yeah. <your death>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you just assume she's going also he just assumes she's going to od like yeah. you know like we never like Especially, like, because whenever he, like, does, I guess, like, take her to that party, like, she doesn't touch anything. Like, she doesn't touch alcohol. She's not doing drugs. She's just there and being, you know, like, dramatic and upset and everything. And so, like, even whenever, like, he's like, all right, let's just go do it. Like, that's not even what she wants to, like, she doesn't even want to go drink or do drugs. She's like, I just want to go to my dad's house and destroy everything or just like go home and be in my bed like so i just think that's like crazy that he immediately goes to like the worst place which would obviously be like oh you know ODing and dying like sarah lynn did but also there's also this context that bojack's ignoring where she's like jameson i don't know how old she is but she's not like a guy that's about like at the like in this in like the end of his life essentially like bojack we really hammer in that he's old this season like he is old and Jameson looks very young. Like, I don't think she's a teenager, she's but she's like 19 or something. Yeah, she's really young. And there's a difference between, like, I'm not saying like she's healthy right now, but there's a difference between getting blackout drunk when you're 19 and getting blackout drunk when you're like 60, like health wise. And like, like Jameson's still growing up is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. She's learning. She's learning, like, what she wants well, to do with her life. she's supposed to be learning. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, what I'm saying is she hasn't had the amount of time Bojack has had to learn. Like, yeah. the fact is, like, there's this whole different amount of context where it's, like, she's made mistakes, but she's 19. <laughs> like, yeah. she hasn't had a lot of time to make mistakes in general. Like, it's just very different. I think there's a there's a line here where Bojack says like I'm too old to be sneaking around. So, like his sobriety yeah. is like yeah. pars- partially inspired by the fact that yeah he's a bit too old to even like be able to drink s- safely in these days. So it's it's not it's not entirely of his own accord. I don't think it's but there's health related reasons there as well. But uh, uh, yeah, so we we have the beginning there. Um, also uh, just briefly, this is I think Officer Meow Meow's only appearance of the of half season. <laughs> Yep. I like that you noted that, Alex. Yes, this is an <laughs> important. important Bojack character, Officer Meow Meow. Um, very <laughs> extremely is, important. Yeah, they're very ignorant of Bojack being sketchy. It doesn't take any of these notes down, really. Just, like, stop talking. <laughs> so. He's like, I don't need to know anything more. Like, he literally <laughs> tells him. <laughs> yeah, so Officer Meow Meow, a pinnacle of our police force at work. Uh, the, the second flashback is of Bojack and his horse in her round days. He has to kiss uh, Cindy Crawfish, <laughs> the animal version of Cindy Crawford. Oh my god. Uh, he um, actually did the voice for her. I saw it in the credits. What? <laughs> well, uh, 
I mean, oh my that, God. Uh, of all the celebrity cameos, I think that's one of the easier ones to get. Like, what is Cindy Crawford doing these days? <laughs> it's so funny every time they get a celebrity on this show. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the assistant, uh, who we later learn in other episodes, is Shir- named Sharona. Um, she sneaks uh, vodka and orange juice to Bojack to loosen him up. And uh, Bojack gets very kissy-kissy and wants more. And so we see him. We see fun drunk Bojack in this flashback. Uh, I mean, is like I, I well, it's, say, qu- it's it's quote it's like fun. borderline, but it's yeah. mostly fine. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's I'll fun, it's fun slash creepy. Uh, you know. <laughs> I'll look at the <laughs> drinking that he does. That's the least problematic. Right, but, but that's I, not big yeah. a lot. Well, yeah, but I, I mean more like in the framing of this episode, like we go backwards from like fun yeah. to mean to emotionally devastating. <laughs> but I mean, we, like I said, like we said at the start, like it does start with Sarah Lynn. Like well, that. that's answer. true. That's true. Yeah. Like I think that this one is just, I think this one is worse with context. This one, like this thing with um, the, like this flashback's a lot worse when you know this is after like Sarah Lynn's drank alcohol like and he's still doing it you know what i mean like this is after that isn't it uh i don't know because like it's hard to tell because everything's supposed to be in younger right yeah like this is all in the horse and around days although i think that this is when herb gazazz is still on the show and the oh yeah okay so that's this weird thing so i guess like there's like this section of flashbacks that aren't going backwards they start going forward like this is a really weirdly constructed episode well well i mean the the sarah lynn as the drink the sarah lynn drinking isn't until like a later episode i think so that that's why oh okay yeah trying to fit that into later might get a little confusing but like uh, I, I i give this this episode that i think it's fairly linear but uh yeah, yeah. no you're right i'm sorry i was mixing up episodes they yeah, all kind of yeah. Binging episodes is hard. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, it really is. <laughs> later we have a nerdy teen Bojack. Uh, he's awkward at the party and he accepts a beer because there's a there's a girl who wants to impress. And then he begins making fun of everyone, including uh, Katie, very maliciously. And so I guess this is a uh, mean drunk Bojack, the, the, be- the beginnings of that. Um, that. This was hard to watch. Oh man, this it was so bad. awkward. Which I think it was supposed to be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, we we go further back. Uh, we see a kid Bojack bringing a dad at lunch, and he, he comes to see dad having sets of secretary. I, I wrote down the line, "Coats it out of my sheath," because it's one of the creepiest thing I've ever. Heard. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> It's funny when you think, uh, like, it's, it's horse dick. Um, uh, <laughs> coats it out. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so to for Dad, Dad makes uh, Bojack forget he ever saw this by giving him Jack and Coke and helping him pass out. So that's, that's a great uh, kid memory to have. Um... And, and then fi- finally, you have the, like little baby Bojack just seeing his parents passed out after I think like some kind of party, like New Year's party, and or something. Uh, yeah, he so he takes a sip of the vodka and then, like snuggles up. That's his drunk, passed out mom, and, and he's like trying to pretend like he's mom. He's trying to pretend his mom would cuddle with him, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I no joke almost cried because that was so hard to watch. <laughs> it was really sad. really bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, that's how the episode ends. Like, it just ends with the Bo- little Bojack curled up in there, and then the final film burned to black. So, yeah, that's, that's rough. 
His parents were so shitty. Gosh. Uh, an eternal model yeah. of this show. Parents, shitty. Uh, Weird. Yeah. Uh, let's hear anything else from this episode. I mean, just like random gags. I mean, the, There's the, some good gags. In yeah, this like the, the groundhog is funny. He's very insistent on the selfie. Um, he just pops pops out of places. Um, this is the introduction of Dr. Champ. I, I don't think he... He doesn't do that much in this first episode. It's like the introduction of him using folksy sayings that don't mean anything. But uh, I liked the montage of like... It was like hiking therapy, sleeping therapy, yeah. like group therapy. Yeah. Like, I just thought that was really funny. And it's, like, set to, like, fun music and everything. Yes. But, like, Bojack's just miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing up everywhere, going through alcohol withdrawal. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, oh, yeah, and just uh, briefly, when the Jameson is going out to meet, meet find her at, uh, he, she finds her at speaking out with a mosquito lady, and they're making Oh out, my god, this is so good. Like, there's like, first it's like, they're biting the neck, and then it's like the sucking mouth kiss, so like, it's like a, like a bunch of different ways of making out in like five seconds. Like, even Bojack, like, keeps like coming in and out of the room to be like, watching them, like, oh. I think he's sucks. like a little concerned. She's yeah. like sucking his blood out. But oh my god, it's so weird. It's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> she's a mosquito girlfriend. Of course, she's gonna suck all your blood. Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, Bojack. She's like a vamp, a real life vampire. Yeah. yeah. But of course, Bojack later is like, your friend sucks. Like you know, she literally, so. yeah. literally. Yeah. So, um, anything else from this episode you guys want to touch on before we move on? Um. Uh, no. Was there any? Okay. There was no gags this episode. Oh, Diane falling asleep on the five way call is probably my favorite moment of this entire episode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> falling over sleep is really good. Yeah, yeah. Todd, Todd does a whole story about a hacky sack. Like, did not like stay awake for it at all. Aren't you like the world's greatest hacker? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. I hacked a sack. Great. And Where? the Russian guy died of a heart attack. I won by default. <laughs> Todd failing upwards, even in, yep. the, in the land of hacky sack. Uh, so we have uh, the new client here. Um, at the beginning, we, we talked a lot about uh, Princess Carolyn. And uh, I, I think the hallmark of this episode is the representation of her split up into a lot of uh, different uh, colored versions of herself. Um, as far as I could tell, like the, the, there, there were like differentiations between the colors, like the blue Princess Carolyn's would be one specifically doing motherly tasks, and I think it was uh, the purple ones doing like workly tasks. But like uh, the, the part that I, that I appreciate is like we get introduced to these like one at a time, but then by like once we get like near the end of the episode or, or, past halfway so like many yeah there's so many and they're all like beginning to get into like constrained spaces like there's a shot i remember of like her in the car i think as she's driving to go pick up mr peanut butter and like there's like tw- like 15 different princess carolyn's inside that car doing like a bunch of different a bunch of different things at once 
And so, like, all that combined with also, like, the sound design, like, that there's, like, lots of echoes going on in the background or, like, whispers. So, like, all that just contributes to, like, uh, I, I described it as just, like, this episode made me very anxious watching it the first it, time. It was very, like, overwhelming, I will say. Like, I didn't, the first time I watched it, I did not like it. I was like, this is my really? least favorite episode. Yeah. Just because, like, it made me extremely anxious. Like, there was a lot, like... There was a lot going on and be- also like the repeating sort of like soundtrack of like, you know, her the like baby crying. Yeah, like the baby crying and all of that like I it, I it was it was very overwhelming and made me very anxious and I did not like it. But the second time I watched it, I guess it was kind of also like I was like, okay, April, like you got to get yourself in this mindset kind of thing. And so then like like after that second watch I was like okay like this is a good episode so um and even though like I was still I still felt like all of that same anxiety and it's like interesting because I feel like this episode is like the representation of how I feel about having kids so. <laughs> I think that's fair yeah because I think a lot of the anxiety is supposed to be us tapping into Princess Carolyn's actual mental state the entire episode which is yeah. very chaotic and stress inducing and not fun at all like I want to like because <laughs> like like I would like to have kids but right now I could I can't even fathom it and my husband doesn't understand <laughs> that and so I just want to show him this episode and be like how does this, this episode why? make you feel? How, like, wait, this, is, this is the like physical representation of how having kids makes me feel. So. I'm sorry, April. How did your husband not have an idea of how fucking stressful <laughs> kids could be? Well, he like he gets that, but like he he understands Has he never been a kid? Does he well, understand how Well, it's was? funner to be a kid than to yeah. have to take care of but, a little kid. Oh well, yeah, I, I, but I know how horrible I was. Also, well, I have extreme anxiety, so... Yeah, same. <laughs> also, in this show, Princess Carolyn, in previous seasons, like, very much idolized the idea of wanting to be a mom. And, yeah. like, she, she kind of, like, she knew that these negatives were going to come, but she thought it was worth it for the positives of, like, her fulfilling her goal, right? So now we see her in the middle of it, and we see her having to deal, and having to deal with why doesn't this feel the way I thought it would feel. So I think that that's kind of a thing all parents at some point must must feel right because yeah. I mean, like I, I will say as well like i'm obviously never going to be a mother but yes. this episode <laughs> this episode right. i think transmitted as well as it possibly could to someone who will never experience motherhood the the, the feeling of it because like it does feel like a bunch of different attacks coming from I... different angles so like, i think that that's kind of the genius of this episode that even if you are, have not experienced it but i think they put you in such a specific mindset that no matter where you're coming from you get a general sense of how it must feel and I, I like that because, like, the, Alex, you were just saying how Princess Kelly, like, she's talked about wanting to be a mom before, and she had this idea of how it would be. And I'd say, like, this episode did a good job of pinpointing, like, this is how much it actually, like, is a rough time, though, no matter who you are and how much you love your kid. Like, it's going to kind of suck a lot. And that's actually normal because a lot of times when we hear about parenthood, it's just kind of glossed over, like, oh, it's great. It's fine. It's, well, it's, it's the magical. best thing in the world. Don't worry and, like, about it. And, like, but actually, way- it's hard. <laughs> 
Well, and, like, everyone's way of, like, I guess, like, complaining is they're like, oh, sometimes it can be really rough, but it's totally worth it. Totally rewarding it. And I think that, like, I think that, like, people, like, legitimately do have, like, kind of, like, the regret, you know what I mean? And we kind of, we get that with, like, Princess Carolyn in this episode is, like, this is what it's really like. Because uh, the other thing, too, that I think is really important is that, um, like she's still like has to work like she's a single parent and so there it's like a mod like that's a modern like representation like women still have to work you know or still want to work even though they have a kid and so you know and people like especially like baby boomers are like oh well you just think you can have it all and like that's kind of like a sense like the thing is her trying to quote-unquote have it all you know, having a kid, having a career, but like, it's not, it's not easy. And like, you know, for instance, like my mom, like she didn't have to work when I was a kid until later. And so like, like, it's easy for her to just be like, oh, like whenever you have kids, like you can just stop working. And I'm like, no, that's not how that works. Like, I'm no. still going to have to work. Like, and, and, that's I, not, and that's just the money side of things. Like, that's not yeah. like the emotional investment side of things. That's not the like. The planning and organizing. Yeah. It, it, it's a job in of itself and it's a responsibility. And I'm not saying that can't be rewarding, but. It's like yeah. Princess Carolyn wasn't. Like, I'm not saying Princess Carolyn didn't know that. I'm saying that like. It's easy to look at the good sides of having a kid, like the yeah. the like, and for Carolyn, there's a lot of them. We and that was all in previous seasons, but in the moment, she's just seeing the bad because there's yeah. a lot of hard parts of being a mom or being a parent in general. Because I think there's a lot in this episode that's not just mom; it's also just parent. Like I think there's some stuff in this episode that's like very much about how moms are portrayed in media, but also just the way, but. Princess Carolyn's actual problems, I think, are just general single parent problems. Yeah. Well, and I think they're like, it's like single, like, parent problems. And also, like, the, like, um, like, female, like, like you said, like, media portrayal of, like, being a mom and, be you know, not just being single, but also just being a mom and being, you know, like, invested in your career and being successful in a sense. So... And, and like, specifically I, being the woman who has it all, right? Yeah, and so, and I think, like, her, like, the whole, like, photo shoot thing, like, being featured in a magazine as, a like, a woman who has it all, like, I, I, like, I loved that because she's just like, no, this isn't what it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I wish I, it could be picture, picture perfect, but it's not that way. So I, and then her even just coming to like the, those terms is like, it's such like a, like motivating moment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's like, this is the, like, this is what it's really like. Like, it's not what I thought it was going to be kind of thing. Yeah. But people still expect it to be that way. It's yeah, crazy. Well, that, that, that's do. why I, I love that she confides in Vanessa Gecko because Vanessa Gecko is her peer. She's also a full-time working mother who I think is single too. I, I don't remember if I've ever seen I, Vanessa's partner. I think she she's had one. a partner in previous seasons. But not but currently. She, but but not currently. Like so when they, Vanessa really yeah. is like the, the, the wiser version of her in a very similar place in her life, doing about the same amount of things that she is. So she's the perfect person to give her like the real down low on how motherhood's actually going to be for her. And she does not sugarcoat it. She's like, look- yeah. Yeah, you got to treat it like a job. 
And that's not wrong. And don't be hard on yourself for not thinking, like, for thinking what, like, what you assume are terrible thoughts about not being in love with your child every second of the day. Because, like, the most important thing is to just do the work the best you can. You don't have time to second guess yourself. And that is enough. And yeah. don't feel bad about it. And that's exactly what Princess Carolyn needed to hear. And I think that's a big reason that she's able to go home and, like, start to realize, like, okay, yeah, like, oh, you like it when I, like, say funny, fast sentences? Good! Like, I figured out a thing that you like, and I'm gonna try to do that more. Like, also, like, she's a new parent, and I feel like having your first kid and, and the first time of doing everything, it's gonna be pretty overwhelming regardless. Yeah. And, well, it's- and she, I think the other thing, too, like, to make note is, like, she also adopted a kid. Yeah. So, like, this, you know, obviously didn't, and and that may also be like, uh, like part of like her mindset too is that like, like this did not come out. I say come come out of her. It was not produced by her. it was not physically I, pulled out of her. Yeah, okay. and so, but but like it, I feel like that it's different whenever like there's a different because like she feels like she sort of feels like that disconnection too like you get that because like okay she has like a porcupine baby so like she she has to wear gloves to hold her own child like metaphor (laughs) like it's very good yeah like i thought that like like again like this is why like this I'm, I'm getting even more hype about this episode the more we talk about it just because like it has all of this like beautiful representation of like real life like within it like she can't even hold her own kid and that sort of like helps represent like that distance that parents have you know whenever they do adopt a kid because that's hard like it's hard you know like it's hard to like you you didn't get like the nine months of like it developing and growing inside of you like to feel that initial connection and so then like you know you it's almost like oh like you just chose to take this upon yourself and then you feel guilty for not and you know instantly I mean obviously she loves and cares about uh Ruthie but like she she feels you can tell that she feels bad because like one she hasn't named her kid two like <laughs> there's an amount you know, of imposter syndrome yeah so it it's 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 really um it and it's kind of like a like a a small representation of like post mortem or post mortem depression so like postpartum, uh, post-partum sorry <sighs> words <laughs> no no worries <laughs> I was like. <laughs> push it out of you it's okay yeah like but so like it's kind of like in a way like that small sort of like representation of that as well like because like she's obviously like stressed she she feels you know she feels like the weight of all of this and that's what happens to like new moms is that it becomes too much and then they you know they feel depressed and that's a thing so i this the yeah I definitely felt that stuff with the adoption thing. Like, it definitely feels like, a, like there's this, it's a tough subject because, like, obviously adopted parents are still parents and, like, that's, yeah. like, their love is real. But there's this, when you have a kid, like, there are some quick, like, shortcuts you can make because this is a person who shares genetics with you. There's yeah. this person, like, you can see a lot of yourself in this person. And when you have an adopted child, it's like, you have it feels at first like here's this child they're nothing like me 
they're nothing like me at all. They're this child that just got dropped in my lap and I have to care for them. And it doesn't seem like there'd be this big difference, but when you're the the parent, like you you feel like there's all these enormous differences, even though you're you're kind of like reaching for it. And then by the end of the episode, Princess Carolyn realizes that this child is a lot like her, it, or at least has this similarity to her. And there's no way to know whether a biological child of Princess Carolyn would have this many differences or not. It's just there's all this like very obvious difference from being a porcupine that makes it hard to look past that and be like, oh, this child likes wordplay just as like finds my wordplay really funny and that's cool like that's that's something i connect to and i think there's a lot of undertone of that through this episode i agree and and spe- speaking to that like get, getting it's so adopting her like i find it interesting that we don't get to the name ruthie until the very end where she finds this similarity considering that like in a pre- previous season like ruthie was the name she already had for kind yeah. of her idealized yeah. version I- uh, of of a child it's not until the end of this episode that she gets to the place where she's comfortable enough to use that name for this baby so that that's kind of a, a an interesting way to frame it it really feels like imposter syndrome like she doesn't feel like she's allowed to be the full mom of this child and yeah. then she realizes like this is my child this mm-hmm. is my child even though mm-hmm. i feel this way mm-hmm. like this is a valid feeling i have but this is ruthie and that's why it's so uplifting at the end and i love I it but, Go, but, Princess Carolyn! <laughs> but, but, by the way, like a, mi- a minor point with regards to the uh, the conversation she has with uh, with Vanessa Gecko, it also speaks to kind of a, a maturity of Princess Carolyn as well. That, like in previous seasons, she would never, in her eyes, it would be stooping to uh, ask the Gecko for advice for something. But yeah, she's probably. at she's at this point mm-hmm. in her in her life now where she's been humbled enough to be like, okay, I can accept needing to go to gecko to to ask for help with something as personal as this and like and that moment where it's like wow why, why did i end up hating you for so long it kind of it's also like kind of a, a small commentary on like the the viciousness of business that like people who probably would be very good friends you know they they the, it, part of the ego prevents that from ever happening but because of this new experience she's able to reach out and that's also something important you know like reaching out to people who have similar experiences and can provide important uh, perspective like that so especially it, like with women because so often especially like in pro- a professional sense women get pitted against each other um and so i think that's like that's even more like refreshing when she has this conversation and be- and, and it co- sort of like comes to light too because uh she- uh, Vanessa Gecko even says like well I never hated you like <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. what I mean like uh, so like I was just like oh my gosh like I feel this so hard like, <laughs> yeah I, I thought that was a really good moment just specifically that line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and e- you could even like you like see the shock like with Princess Carolyn like oh my gosh like and she like, believes it though she, like she yeah. doesn't like question it that's she doesn't crazy. question it because because she, Vanessa Gecko doesn't hate her and but it like they I guess like that's just like the thing though is that women so often just get pitted against each other especially like when you know in in business and like professionally that like you you're like like predisposed to like hate the other women in like you know a similar work position or profession or whatever and then like come to realize like 
hey, like, you have all of these things, like, actually in common, and, like, this is a person that, like, you could have had as, like, a support system this entire time. So I just, like, it, again, like, another great moment in this amazing episode. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we, we've talked a lot about Princess Carolyn, just briefly touching on the other pieces of, of this amazing episode. Uh, April, did you, did you, how, how much in love were you with the setup for Mr. Peanut Butter's arc this season in this episode? <laughs> So I think it's really interesting because, okay, so the other interesting thing, too, is that we have a lot of setup. Um, so, like, the tie-in between, like, like with the first episode is that we, ha- like, when we get introduced to Princess Carolyn, she, like, Todd is, like, getting black market, like, porcupine milk for right, her. Right. So, like, Gosh. that's almost like an initial, like, you like like blink into like princess carolyn's having like child problems you know what i mean or like she's having yeah, yeah. difficulty adjusting and so i think that this mr peanut butter stuff like oh my gosh i like it's it's funny because i'm like wow i remember how much i hated you last season <laughs> i still hate him mostly i, I mean i I, I still do too, but I just like, it was like a really, like, I was like, wow, like, I, I don't like you, like, so, and, but then at the same time, like, I was, I was like, okay, like, at least, like, we're going to address this and we're going to explore it because I remember being extremely frustrated at the, like, at the end of last season because he, like, goes to tell Pickles and then he, like, just ends up proposing to her. And I was just like, wow, like, we're just not going to do this? Like, what's happening here? So I like that we, like, we understand that he feels all of this guilt and I'm like, like... I was really like hopeful. I was like, hopefully we get to address this, and then we do. So that was that was like a relief for me. Okay, okay, and I, I will say as well, like peanut butter is a lot more tolerable when he actually has like visible faults that we can yes. see. Yes, because mm-hmm. like er, er, earlier in in the show, like he was always happy go lucky, very. Uh, but at the same time, like he is very. Um, uh, he he was unaware of the effect he had on other people, and that in itself made you a bit angry. But at least here, he like knows he did something wrong, and it's eating at him. So I kind of prefer seeing that that sort of a character to one who who's oblivious to the harm they're doing. So that that part is nice. Um, I'll, I'll say that the scene between him and Bojack, where like Bojack notices that like pe- uh, peanut butter is off, and he gives the advice like, "Hey, look, I've been there. Bottling up your guilt is ain't gonna help. It infects everything." And peanut butter just is just like sitting there and like taking that in. So like that was a very heartfelt moment that like uh, uh, actually this entire season like bojack and peanut butter the few moments that they get together feels very like a lot more emotional than it's ever been because also there's that crossover episode thing later on in the season so like bojack well, and, peanut and this butter is where are they begin on... i was gonna say this is where they begin like bojack finally allows himself to connect with like mr peanut butter yeah so because again like you know, pitting characters against each other and, like, the the horrors of, like, any professional environment or business environment is that you end up being pitted against somebody else that would have otherwise been a really good friend. And so, I like, I enjoyed, while I don't like Mr. Peanut Butter, 
Um, I enjoyed like seeing Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter like grow closer, if that makes any kind of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah, any thoughts on uh, on Mr. Peanut Butter? Um, maybe you want to comment on his meme explanation. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Mr. Peanut Butter, he is. It's hard for me to talk about just in reference to this one episode because the longer I stay on Mr. Peanut Butter, the more I dislike him. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like <laughs> he's yeah. a bad person. Like he hasn't done anything nearly as bad as he hasn't killed anyone yeah which is directly yeah Yeah. a line that he has not crossed but like he is somehow less introspective than bojack which is fucking amazing honestly (laughs) (laughs) yeah it makes it makes it very hard for me to talk about bojack uh Mr. Peanut Butter. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, fair, I fair wish enough. I could just be so, uh, like, I feel like I'm, like, constantly, like, evaluating. I'm like, okay, if I say this, okay, I think that, you know, Sarah may react this way and Michelle may react this way. Like, hyper aware. And so, like, to just be completely oblivious, I'm like, wow, how, like, how do you get to that mindset? <laughs> That's crazy. Because not, I don't think he knows anything like his- it, yeah. i just i always keep coming back to last season when diane lays out for him like when he's like why don't my wives keep leaving me what's wrong with them and she's like they keep outgrowing you because you're really immature and they're just turning into actual normal adult women and you make them feel terrible about that so they divorce you and you find another young impressionable wife and it She's oh, like man. she says the line about like your your wives stay the same age but you don't like or something like to that effect cuz I remember like her delivering that line and I was like oh that's so great like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, and I think that, that's like part of it cuz like I appre- I will say I appreciate Mr. Peanut Butter like you know, feeling guilty and acknowledging that he's done this wrong thing and trying to honestly make amends in a really wacky way, letting Pickles, like, sleep with 23 people, which is, like, kind of hilarious, and it's, like, fine, it's their relationship, they can, they can fix this however they want, but on the other hand, there's still that looming thing that I don't know is ever gonna be resolved, and it gets, it just gets back to what Sarah's saying about Mr. Peanut Butter, he's not that introspective, and I don't think he really owns up to his side of problems, which is a, a point of maturity. I, I don't think he's very mature as a person. And that's a big part of my dislike for him because he's like, he's not as old as Bojack, I don't think. But he's like at least in his 40s. He's old enough. He's like 20 years old enough to like have most of himself figured out. And the fact that he doesn't just like makes him incredibly unlikable right now well it's it's interesting too because like i feel like mr peanut butter and bojack are like they're going through like a similar thing but not quite the same like not to the same degree because like like obviously like we already discussed about how like bojack's like having problems you know like his struggle is, you know, owning, like, the terrible things that he has done. But, like, at the same time, Mr. Peanut Butter is doing something of, like, similar nature. Like, he's not owning the fact that, like, he cheated. And, like, that's great that, you know, late, later down the road, like, he tries to fix that with 
uh, with pickles, but like it's not like at this at the end of the day, like you still have to own. Like you can't just like be like, yeah, do whatever you want if that's how you feel it's gonna make it better. But you still have to like take responsibility for your actions yeah and and like this whole bojack deflecting in in episode one like we see that in episode two with mr peter but right like he's sort of about to say admit it to pickles but then like finds a way out and it's like oh yeah i'm gonna go hang out with bojack instead to avoid the problem and in the beginning of this episode it opens with him like focusing on some minor thing in the movie that he's doing to like distract like because his guilt is consuming him like that's totally something we would have seen bojack do in like older seasons be like folk hyper focused on a detail that doesn't matter but because like something else is bothering him that he doesn't really want to deal with so like so we're seeing mr peanut butter kind of go go through the sa- same things that bojack goes through and it kind of puts them on a, a bit more of an even field which maybe is why bojack and mr peanut butter are finally like beginning to hang out because now they're both in like uh, similar uh, somewhat closer levels of uh, of guilt propelling their actions uh, so but i think it, that's just like mr peanut butter like the way he acts just like leads to people leaving him before he gets the chance to do something horrible to them like yeah. bojack yeah like, bojack people leave him because he does something horrible because they see him and they're like there's something good in this guy i can make him better or like i can help him or there's just something good here and i like him but mr peanut butter you're like the the surface is I like this guy, and then you leave because you realize, oh, I don't really like him that much. Before he does anything horrible, because that's just his baseline. His baseline is just I'm a happy guy and I'm going to be nice to everybody. And but if you're upset, there must be something wrong with you, wife, because I'm so yeah. happy. And why aren't you? You must be a stick it, in the mud now. I don't know what changed, but it must be your fault. <laughs> but it's not. But it means that he's always consistent. He's not like explosive or damaging in the way Bojack is. He's just the same person all the time. And that's what I think all the ex-wives realize now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, other, like, ra- random stuff on this episode. Um, there's the whole Todd plot line, which is him uh, selling the untitled Car- Princess Carolyn project as a movie. And... Uh, oh, uh, you know, classic Todd hijinks, very quick, which I think like helps it to go by um, down smoother than perhaps uh, older Todd uh, hijinks. But uh, this eventually ends up uh, in like uh, Princess Carolyn being able, being able to sell Birthday Dad as a TV show in replacements. Um, let's hear uh, Flea Daniels. Um, Lee Daniels as a flea, um, voiced by Lee Daniels. Uh, he is exasperated by all this. And he goes to direct the diary of Anne Frankenstein. <laughs> this is this is so bad that I can't believe someone actually has not made this thing. Like someone has not right? Yeah. I, like it, it's it's terrible because whenever I heard that title, I was like, oh man, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> Anne Frankenstein. A lot of people would watch it, and that's why I'm surprised it doesn't exist. <laughs> Look, right. People- make this movie <laughs> i'm not saying i would watch it but i think there is an audience for it and i'm not sure i like that and it could start chloe grace moretz in real life too as she also voices Anne frankenstein in here for one line uh, <laughs> so we got that um let's hear uh, uh um 
There's a moment where Princess Carolyn puts uh, um, Ruthie in the microwave and is putting oh, a burrito. I like gasped in horror when that happened. <laughs> like, I guess Ruthie's not scarred for life, but she did turn very bright pink, and I was like, "Oh, poor baby." Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a little more than a poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of an ah, baby, baby. Uh, let's see. Um, Todd is eating spaghetti and Reese's peanut butter cups. I was, uh, would anybody dare to eat that combination nope. in real life? Anybody? No, anybody? no money. Good. Yeah, Not absolutely. Uh, okay, Most money. Yeah, fine by themselves. Yeah, if you pay us enough, we'll eat it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there's got to be like a, a pasta recipe that incorporates chocolate in a way that's good, but I can't really think of. That. Maybe like a dessert pasta. Yeah, definitely dessert. Yeah. There's dessert pastas. There's dessert okay. pizza. Yeah. But I mean, that's not pizza. That's like <laughs> it's like faux pizza. Well, but like you would just think of like the the pasta like as the breading of a pie. Okay, I, I looked it, up ch- pasta with chocolate, and chocolate spaghetti came up, and I'm scared. Oh it's no. like brown oh spaghetti, no. and that uh, scares me. Okay, but now, now check up if anybody puts peanut butter cups on pizza. Does anybody do that? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <that's laughs> <that's laughs> <chocolate spaghetti. laughs> well, see, if it melts, it's perfect, because like it blends with the cheese. <laughs> chocolate and they cheese. Put, I they don't know cho- oh my god, okay. I'm it's sorry. like a fondue. They, they sprinkle... They sprinkle powdered sugar on it instead of Parmesan cheese. And as much as this sounds disgusting, oh that's really funny. It sounds terrible. It does. It does look like a good hangover snack for some reason, though. Maybe that's what Todd was doing. Maybe that was his hangover food. <laughs> I wish I could show the listeners this image of this pasta because it's making me, like, really sick. Okay, well, at least post it in the Skype chat. Yeah, post chat, it in the so Skype chat, man. I want to see this picture. Also, um, we can well, put well, it up on Twitter. <laughs> well, while you look up that picture, also there's like a, a comforting Uh-oh. moment where Bojack calls Princess Carolyn to apologize for making life difficult. Princess Carolyn saying she would have come to the friends and family if Bojack had said something. Bojack yeah. Was yeah. That, that was just a very, ni- a very nice moment. Um, the chocolate spaghetti has been posted. That actually looks it's... pretty good. Yeah. No, no. That's yeah. what makes it scary, because I know it looks okay, <laughs> but I know it tastes vile. Well, think about it. It's just like it's just like wheat and chocolate and more chocolate. Is that so bad? No. It's, well, I mean, I can't eat wheat, bad. and I hate chocolate, oh. so yes. Well, that, then for really Sarah bad. specifically, that would be terrible. It's a, like, well, like, wheat, so it makes me think, like, is it like a chocolate donut, but, like, processed into noodles? <laughs> like, I mean, they're it... wet. The noodles are wet. I like... don't know they're wet. <laughs> How do you dry. not? How do you? How do you make pasta not wet? You, you uh, let it dry. <laughs> you let it dry. Dry, dry pasta is like crunchy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you cook it and then let it dry. Wouldn't it get like like it would sort of like I say dry, but like harden as one giant piece? Like you couldn't eat those oh, eventually. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, also oh, I mean, no. that there's like powdered sugar on top of it. And it like it's supposed to be Parmesan cheese or something. Yeah, no, that's oh, what I'm yeah, that's totally right. Oh <laughs> my god. Okay, this one's worse. This is fettuccine, and I don't like oh, it. Well, mm. that's no. a little unappetizing just because the nudes are so like big and flat, yeah, and well, that just well, 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 let me just say what you're thinking. It looks like shit. Okay. No, it looks <laughs> it like does. seaweed, kind of. I don't know. It's stringy oh, shit. None of this looks good. <laughs> like, I'm not... the, I want to say this is amazing auditory like. Yeah, maybe we should talk about this too long on the podcast. (laughs) The point of the matter.
matter is that Todd is eating spaghetti and Reese's peanut butter cups, and we as a podcast do not approve. This isn't chocolate. I think it's fine. Just like just you know, no tomato sauce. Just the 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 noodles themselves and peanut butter cups. I think that's okay. I think that's actually okay. But I mean, like, just eat them separately. Like, like you could just do it. But he doesn't want to. He wants everything in one bowl easier to wash. No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. And uh, final note, um, there's the most... Diane's appearance in this episode is her calling in to recommend random names. Uh, We have Jacinda from New Zealand Prime Minister. Ravital, which is like a Hebrew name. And what about Lucretia? Any any thoughts on these name recommendations or al- alternatives to Ruthie that you would have considered? Um, no, I think Ruthie was the right choice. <laughs> okay, okay. She named it. I mean, she should name him like Spike or something. Spike? No. <laughs> Just because he's a hedgehog, I feel like that would tease her forever. I'm glad that's not her name. I mean, that's why I'm not a parent, Michelle. That's why I never <laughs> yeah. want to be a parent. You just won't be in charge of naming the babies. Uh, well, I mean, like, also, I, I wonder. Like where? Why was Diane like? Obviously, these names are great for your kid. Like, <laughs> I think she just thought they were like cool names, either of like significant I, women in history, or they just sounded really badass. So that's, I think that that was her criteria. Diane really wants for herself. I think and, so. Yeah. And like, as someone who just randomly chose her name, like on a day, like. I think Diane just needs to realize you could just change your name. It's complete bullshit anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you could just go down to the courthouse and tell someone, hey, my name's going to really be this. And, and as long as you're not doing it for illegal reasons, no one gives a shit. That's true. Although, well, no, like, she, she uses Jacinda and she's like, like the prime minister who had a baby while in office. So, like, that particular one does seem like she's recommending it specifically, like, hey, Princess Carolyn, this is representing you, like, sort of thing. Instead of, like, thinking about the baby, it's more like, hey, look, this is someone you could aspire to be, sort of thing. Which, I, I don't know if it's a great baby naming technique, but I guess you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. You know what? Ruthie feels normal. Normal? Yes. Yeah, oh, is, oh, that's the thing. Like, it's special enough that she's not gonna have a million kids in her class named Ruthie, but it's not like outlandish enough that it doesn't make like no sense for her to be named it. Okay. I yeah, feel- like why would Ravital be a good name for the abundance of dew? Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. Like it has to be Does very. Does she drink a lot of Mountain Dew? <laughs> no, she's just, she's just very moist. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay, I feel really connected to this conversation because there's a big, like, discussion of whether you should have, like, a unique name as a trans person or, like, just be, like, stealth and have, like, a normal name. And it's, like, a horrible battle because you're like, do I want to be, like, super cool and, like, stick out? Or I just want to be, like, I'll just be, like, Sarah. It's fine because it's, like, I know people with names that are completely crazy, like, just some completely crazy names. It's insane. I mean, th- this one has Princess Carolyn. Like, Princess is her first name, right? So, like, okay. this is a little crazy. In this world, this world's a little different. The world of Bojack Horseman, like, it is. yeah, it's yeah. a world. There's a different level, but I mean, like, this this is supposed to be like a normal name. But yes, Ruthie is like a good level of normal and weird, and that's good. Like, this is a good name. 
Yeah. It's like an old fashioned. It's like an uh an old person name, and I oh, love wait, when people. Right. Have... Oh man, you're right. Oh, well, no, it's, I love it's, old, it's old fashioned, names. and that fits with Princess Carolyn's kind of whole deal, right? Like yeah. she's kind of an old timey person, and she'll probably like teach her her kid to like old timey Hollywood. So you know, I I, I can see that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The rich person name. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> rich person name. <laughs> And on that like, note, considering that Bojack like, like, Horseman... Like, this is daughter's name. Like, this is someone who's, like, in Hollywood and just, like, yeah. Yeah, that, that is the context with which we must watch all Bojack Horseman. That this is all about rich people. So, on that <laughs> note... Princess <laughs> like, Carolyn's like, not, like, super rich, but she's probably more rich than any of us. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, Michelle, any final thoughts before we begin signing off here? Uh, I like both of these episodes a lot. I like them even more after talking about them. I am looking forward to the rest of the season. I am really liking this season. It's, again, a relief to not just have terrible trash fire sadness as just the main through line for once. (laughs) And saying, like, all these characters doing a bit better and supporting each other more and knowing themselves better. Because, again, this is the sixth season. Like, it's a bad damn time. And it is a relief, and I'm happy, and I want to see more of it. Okay, okay. Um, April? Um, just that these two episodes were wonderful, like, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm even more in love with um, the new client, so. Yay. I, it was, it was a very, very strong, like, both of these episodes were extremely strong, and I love whenever, like, a show, like, starts off strong at the beginning of a season um you know even like the sixth season in and i I, like i would rival like these are some of the best episodes of bojack horseman so okay okay i'm sarah i like these episodes i think i like episode two more after talking about it but i still like episode one more because i feel yeah i feel more like i resonate more with this episode not that i'm like a crazy addict and like have killed people but like i just I find it harder to connect with the kids stuff, but after talking about it, like I do like this episode a lot more than I did coming in, which I think is good. Um, yeah, I think this is a good way to start a season. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd agree that like after talking it through the new client definitely feels like even better of an episode than I thought it was like after, after this, like I think I'd be a lot more comfortable saying that this is the best princess Carolyn episode, which I feel oh. like we've there's a lot of good ones. There's yeah. a lot of good ones. Like it's it's tough competition, right? But like, Ruby and I feel like so good, right? And I feel yeah. like we've said it after every single Princess Carolyn episode. Like each one <laughs> is the best Carolyn well, episode. But like, so, I think that this has an argument. So, well, what is it? It's the very first Princess Carolyn episode in season one. Because like I I remember I tried watching the show. One? Is that her birthday one? Uh, I think that's one that that ends like it's like uh, Happy uh, Birthday, Princess Carolyn at midnight, and it's just she's by herself in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember, like, I like I watched like the first two episodes of BoJack Horseman, like season one, and I was like, I'm not into the show. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this again. And it wasn't until like I hit that episode that I was like, I love this show. Like, I need more of it. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's a, there's a lot of contenders for sure, but yeah, the, the, this. This was a, re- a really good episode to talk about. 
But uh, yeah, if you want to find more of our discussion on BoJack Horseman and uh, other animated shows, you can do that at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us on Discord if you want to chat with us about animation. Uh, we have a BoJack-specific uh, channel as well at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Uh, you can always support us financially via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Lily, a.k.a. Panda Lily. Uh, thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, and Needle. Uh, the Needles was briefly mentioned as a potential name for Princess uh, Carolyn's baby at the beginning of this episode. Oh, right. Uh, good, I forgot. Good, 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 good thing that that was not, not selected for the jokes. But, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and we will definitely be discussing more BoJack Horseman in the, in the upcoming uh, weeks. Uh, we, might, we might be a bit slow, but we'll, go ep- uh, we'll do these uh, group of episodes. And uh, let us know what you think about uh, this specific discussion. Feel free to comment uh, if you're listening on YouTube or on your preferred podcatcher. Uh, leave us a review and let us know what, what you think about this discussion. But uh, know that we had a fun time uh, talking about it because uh, there, BoJack is a very a show with a lot of different themes to, to discuss. And we will be back to talk about that in episodes three and onward in the future. But until then, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.